Dare to Observe. In this episode interview, you will get to meet Danilo, a persona of so many faces and hats. Out of many, he's a psychologist, coach, product marketeer, former dancer, and lately also a host of the podcast show called Psychologist Reacts. We discuss the concepts of personal leadership, self-awareness, taking ownership of your life, your behavior, and your decisions. Danilo shares his journey on how he approaches life, when and why he decides to take a pivot, and how he nourishes his inner voice and intuition. Another beautiful piece of wisdom and inspiration, if you say ask me. And last but not least, go ahead and sign up for Danilo's podcast community newsletter on his website mentioned in the description of the episode and make the chance of winning a free 45 minute coaching session with him. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Oh my God. It's it's happening. Hello. Good morning, Danilo. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm I'm very good. Thank you for having me, first of all. Um, And how are Mm -hmm. you? What about yourself? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm uh, you are one of the first men speakers in the in the podcast channel, and I'm very curious to to also feel the masculine energy in the conversations and just a different energy. And um, yeah, I think I'm excited. As always, there's always a beautiful story behind behind a conversation. So I'm really looking forward to what's gonna surface out today. So thank you again for joining, for devoting time to speak to me. So as I always start the conversation, uh, tell me who Danilo is. Who is this person in front of me? Uh, so Danilo is, in fact, Danilo, that's my first name. Uh, born and raised in Italy in 1983 in a very small village by the Mediterranean Sea. Um, grew up in Italy for the first seven years of my life. Moved to Germany after my parents separated. Uh, was in Germany until almost the end of my studies in psychology and then moved to the Netherlands for a second study in performing arts slash uh, contemporary dance. Uh, have been living in the Netherlands since 2008, therefore. Uh, and um, due to circumstances, at one point I had to stop my performance career, got back into the world of actual, or started in the world of business, which uh, up until this day I'm very fascinated by, and kind of found my roots back, or my roots in psychology back through following a coaching study uh, a few years back at this point, coaching people ever since, and then... Um, putting all the dots together, connecting the dots by starting a, a podcast, in fact, about um, yeah the psychology or looking at contemporary topics through the lens of psychology. And mm-hmm. for the rest, I would say I'm a very uh, uh, life-embracing, lo- art and nature and friendship-loving person and people-loving person. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I hope that this gives you kind of an idea of who I am. Oh yeah, beautiful uh, timeline, and then also a bit of your values here and there. I think it's a yeah super beautiful capsule of the essence, and uh, I'm so happy and of course curious to get deeper in some of the components. So let me just start with one thing that because I now re- reminded me about your art journey and your art um, interest or your passion. Uh, how did you did you always feel that you want to go for art and dance and that artistic fields, or how was your journey to to yeah to, to connect to your inner voice? Maybe, mm-hmm. I would say uh, I've always been super artistic. I think I if if you were to ask my mom how I spent my childhood, it was mostly alone in my room painting. So that was that was what ah. I did for the most part, um, and I think that there was an urge to do something with, with that 
beyond uh, the level of it being a hobby, I would say. Um, and I don't know, somehow it was kind of a calling uh, at the time when, when dance came into my life. I'd always been very physical. I had been an athlete for many years before that. So I was very connected mm. to my body and my physical essence, let's say. But somehow the creative aspect was always missing. In top sports, it's not so much about creativity as it is about mm -hmm. performance, I would say. Um, right. And I don't know, it was somehow, it was an epiphany moment. I don't know how that came to life. Probably I watched uh, Billy Elliot or something and it touched me deeply and I thought like, okay, this is this is my path. Um, yeah, and then I got into it and it was a, a very beautiful chapter of my life, which even though, and I think this is probably also interesting for our interview, actually taught me a lot about leadership as I do not appreciate it. So there's a lot in mm. my uh, experience as a performing artist uh, that kind of also brought me to who I am and how I experience work, life, leadership, management nowadays. So yeah, I don't know. There's a, a, a lot to dig up here, I guess. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that indeed then that it will be an interesting topic to delve into a little bit deeper. And then what comes to my mind to me is that I learned a lot from the sucky managers or from the sucky leadership and not to do or what was really horrible to do or not to do. So, um, so yeah, so even though they were just very bad, I'm also kind of grateful for those people to be in my life because they could really clarify my path or my standpoint in how I want to be or how I want to operate in a business environment or just overall in life. So uh, um, before we go there a little bit, I would like to ask you, you said about the epiphany and I'm also always curious to hear how is how was it for you to follow your intuition or to trust your intuition that actually that's the path you really want to go? Did you have any doubts or it was really, really clear, very like light um, tunnel, you know, path that there's not a way I'm just going forward because, because. Mm. Yeah, interesting question. Um, it's always a mix, I would say with me that on the one hand, there is a clear sense of direction. Um, but mm -hmm. then I think, what I, I've discovered the most throughout my life is that actually after that uh, initial intuition or epiphany or whatever you want to call it, um, for me, it's really about just starting a path and discovering the rhythm mm. as I am walking. So I'm not so much of a planner mm. and trying to map out all pros and cons. Uh, instead, what I prefer to do is kind of have an initial calling intuition um, and as I'm walking, discovering what it actually does to me and how I feel about it. And usually that opens way more doors than if I were to really map it out up front, uh, uh, create lists yeah. of all the pros and cons of either going or not going in a certain direction. Latest example mm. uh, could be that uh, uh, I have a new, new. it's not even new, it's a year now that I work at a, at a new company uh, in Amsterdam. And I had been in work, uh, working in marketing for five, six years before that. And without knowing, I actually applied to a marketing position that was in product and innovation and not in a marketing team. Not knowingly, mm -hmm. I entered that uh, new position and started to work in the, in the context of product and innovation. And then I discovered, okay, actually, this is something that gives me way more joy and pleasure and triggers me much more mentally than the setting that I was in previously and had I tried mm -hmm. to plan this I could never have come up with it because I had no idea and just having an intuition about a vacancy applying 
going with the flow and then discovering what it actually does to me and stay kind of in, in touch with myself as I am in the situation opened way mm -hmm. more doors than I could have imagined beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I'm just now trying to visualize this indeed that you would go to, through a forest and in the end you just can only see a couple of steps up front. You can't see the entire forest, but then you keep on moving and then you decide the path and you either turn right or left or move on. Um, yeah, oh, beautiful. But then like, you, know, you told me that uh, you were also, you always check with yourself how, what it does to you. How do you nourish the dialogue within yourself or your inner self? Um, many different ways, I would say. Um, creating islands of silence is important. So whether that be in moments mm -hmm. of meditation, uh, uh, meditation and movement, aka yoga, um, mm. of course, having gone through quite in-depth um, uh, coaching study uh, that required a lot of self-exploratory um, I would say journeys and, 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 and personal leadership, discovering my own personal mm -hmm. leadership. So there's many different ways in which I try to establish that. And mostly it's just, yeah, I don't know. I think about having regular check-ins with myself and uh, try and avoid uh, autopilot mode as much as possible. I mean, I do fall into it very mm -hmm. often, I must say, especially if, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, ambition takes over or whatever. Uh, but still, like mm -hmm. reminding myself that there's a... a, a more profound essence to anything that I'm doing and I should stay in touch and I just make sure I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, simple. Maybe not so easy always, but just simple. I think that's the key. Right? It's not easy at all. It's, it's just still like yeah. how to do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So I think it's a beautiful bridge right now, what you mentioned about your journey or your connection to your or personal leadership, then what does it actually mean to you? What is the definition of leadership or personal leadership? You name it. Let's mm -hmm. just kick it off from there. For me, the very essence of personal leadership is really, and that comes back in all types of coaching and therapy forms in different shapes and uh, forms, of course. But for me, it's really about <clears throat> uh, having a clear understanding uh, and perception of myself in whatever type of context that I'm in, whether that be a one-on-one -on -one mm. type of conversation or whether that be situations in which power plays a role or ambition plays a role or money plays a role or sex plays a role mm. or all those different settings that one has to navigate in daily life. They, of course, uh, have an impact on how I perceive uh, information on how I elaborate information, how I store information, how I recall and how I therefore react to the circumstances that I'm in. And I think that without that very specific awareness of myself in whatever context it is, it is very easy to um, to have reactions that are not appropriate or can uh, um, damage me, damage others. And mm. I think that personal leadership is really about um, self-awareness and and uh, being able to take one's own uh, share in a situation into one's own hands and navigate from that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree. The taking ownership of, of, of who you are and in the context of, of everything or everyone else around exactly. you. Exactly. I mean, yeah, imagine a situation that, that triggers me to feel uh, shame or like uh, uh, there is a loss of face going on. So how, how do I usually mm -hmm. react? And, and knowing and having that awareness, of course, will make me act very differently from just shooting out my first instinctive uh, reaction, which mm -hmm. might be uh, inappropriately aggressive or um, 
just generally inappropriate to the context. So I think personal leadership is really a very important guiding principle in any sort of interaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm just now a little bit, it's, it's landing because I think it's, it was beautiful, beautifully said, and I think it was I think what was trying to explain or or show in my podcast interviews, especially that there is just this inner ethical morale so to speak kind of conduct that we want to establish i think through our experience through our life and then hopefully it's then can be um, surfaced and voiced through through our behavior or reactions hmm. right and um and then how how do you do nurture it or how do how do you go through your path to arrive to that to feel that it is who danilo truly is it's it takes a lot of practice to be honest first of all I think in the beginning, it's actually learning how to see. So like, mm. as I said, for example, how, how do I even feel when I'm ashamed? Because I think that mm. in, in, in daily life, things can often happen so quickly that we're already on to the next before we even took the time to digest our own re- reaction to a certain circumstance. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah. sometimes it's really about taking the time and allowing yourself to take a closer look and that can be for anything Mm -hmm. i mean for me it could be as i said maybe shame or um uh, i don't know situations that make me aggressive how how are those situations typically you know so it's really about learning how to see and to look and to Mm -hmm. dissect situations so this is how uh, uh, i learned it in the beginning and then nourishing it is really an ongoing process because obviously emotions just are it's not like we control them but then we do have very big possibilities when it comes to how do we elaborate our own reaction and how do we use it like how what shape will our uh, ultimate reaction actually have and this can be anywhere like in any sort of work encounter in my own relationship there are always situations that trigger me in a specific way and um there's always either the option of just navigating life in autopilot mode and then being a dickhead about certain things just because you didn't realize that mm. you have your own share in the situation or mm. taking a step back and integrating whatever it is, your aggression, your shame, your sadness, your pride or whatever into your authentic reaction to the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. It's it just, I mean, it sounds or it's so sounds so inspiring or so obvious. But then when I think of my trigger situation, it's just so hard to just to do something else than like, okay, just be myself. And then it's also me being part of the responsi- responsibility in the situation. Then it's just not, not No, it's super happening. difficult. I mean, if I think <laughs> of my, my relationship, we can have the same triggers for the last 10 years already. Still, you know, it's it's <laughs> important to be aware of them. And over time, I really believe that you can uh, shape your inner world and reactions therefore very differently and more consciously yeah 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 yeah. and then and we got to meet people or we get to meet people just to keep on practicing especially the biggest triggers right and the, the biggest mirrors mm-hmm. that people i believe are to for us in our life journey and then but then you also mentioned that you are a coach and you are coaching people and then based on your experience you're your own one and also from your uh, from your clients um what is the biggest struggle to live your full, full authenticity or to connect to your full authentic yeah, well-being? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that connecting to um, whatever inner place that you have most resistance uh, against mm. is usually a very painful experience. 
so often mm -hmm. i think it's really a matter of inner negotiation is it easier for me to just move on and go on the way that i always have hmm. or and because that is of course a very immediate short-term um benefit right like okay i just move on it's quick it's easy i know it yeah. works or do i go the or choose the route where i reconnect to aspects of my own personal history uh, personal experience that are painful and maybe have a more beneficial change longer time from now uh, and i think that this is often um the very that's a big difficulty imagine i don't know if we speak about gender for example right so there are certain um expectations that we grow up in this world with uh, that are simply there because of the fact that we are born boys or assigned yeah. male sex at birth or female sex at birth and that comes with a lot of pain because that requires from us for example just to give one example uh, to uh, suppress certain authentic uh, feelings that we have while growing up or certain authentic reactions yeah. and uh, emphasize others instead and of course that's a very core pain that we grow up with and that is somehow stored there so then as a grown-up you have the choice of either going to that place understanding it's there and then integrating it into your current experience and moving from that specific new authentic place or you can just mm -hmm. perpetuate what you've always been doing keep up this the pain that you have uh, keep up the resistance mm -hmm. that you have and I don't know, go about your life how you always have and then not solve anything, you know? So those are the two options. Both are, both are valid and both have their uh, uh, benefits, I would say. It just, it's a matter of, mm -hmm. of choice and authenticity that you want. Yeah, yeah. Or I think many times people just are not aware that they feel pain True. or that they are, you know, that their life is full of pain. True. And they're just thinking that that's how our life is or subconsciously they're just numbing themselves kind of uh, closing the, the access to any emotions because it's just safer or, uh, yeah, I think safer or less yeah. less harmful or less painful to themselves. True. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, I do think that there is, even if you're not aware of pain, I do think that there is always, and most of the time it's probably through uh, physical symptoms, there will always be a way for pain to show itself. That can be mm. back pain, that can be stress levels, that can be... Uh, whatever we define as a burnout uh, you know there are many there there are many shapes mm. in which it uh, presents itself but if you yeah. and then we get back to the to the field of personal leadership and self-observation if you stay in touch you will be able to see that something's up mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah absolutely i'm just thinking of the, the body part which of course it's also very dear to my my heart and to my my practice and it's just so easy just to go to a doctor, you know, and take a pill and uh, and then move on with your life and just to patch it uh, and put a bandage on instead of thinking what can actually my body mm -hmm. is telling me or what should I be looking at. And and I don't think we get to learn from anywhere in our, you know, young lives or even, you know, adolescence or young adulthoods uh, to really establish that you know, intelligence, that wisdom that our body is trying mm -hmm. to tell us. Quite the opposite. Imagine a, a, a boy feeling mm -hmm. authentic, uh, and that's my personal experience of feeling authentic, I don't know, pain and wanting to cry. And in fact, quite the opposite. It's not nourishing as in like, hey, what are you sad about? It's going to mm -hmm. be like, hey, man up, be a boy, be a man. Or for a girl, like, hey, why why are you being, why are you being decisive? You're, you, you, you should be accommodating. Yeah. What are you doing? You know, so... Yeah, or why are you loud? Exactly. Or why are you angry? Don't show it. In Polish, we even have a saying that, you know, anger makes you un 
I'm ah, not pretty. Uh, or it damages your your beauty. And it's like, like oh my God, really? That was my, my journey. That's, you know, showing anger or showing resistance or not or disagreement to certain things when my boundaries were were you know um overtaken which was which was a big part like then i did not know how to actually establish my boundaries or i didn't know that i should have one or i have any but it was just so completely suppressed because i'm just supposed to be obedient nodding and accommodating as you said a lady in 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 town mm-hmm. or in the group yeah so damaging and then it's just takes years and years to get out of it and hopefully when you're lucky, you get, you, you are realizing that and then you hopefully work on it, but then, uh, it's, it's goes through pain indeed. Oh, oh yes. I just know. I'm letting it sink. <laughs> Let it sink. <laughs> Can it always sink. edit the, the break later. The <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's like, I think it's fine. But yeah, it's always a good comforting feeling that, you know, whatever happens, it can be cut out, but, uh, yeah, I'm just like thinking, you know, cause also now one of your podcast uh, episodes really, really um, reaffirmed in me that the whole notion or disagreement about what gender is, right? And uh, why do we put so much emphasis on it from the very start without letting the human being just, you know, blossom and 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 and, and open and grow up and then then see what happens, right? And then can you tell us a little bit more about? that episode for those people who haven't listened but i'm super recommending everyone to listen to it afterwards because it's amazing way and shift on yeah the gender or sex um, yeah i mean gender and sex are not my speciality generally it's just i mean interesting yeah. I, I dive into mm-hmm. topics for each episode so it's not i don't want to present mm-hmm. myself as a gender expert by any uh mm-hmm. means um but what the episode essentially was about i took as a starting point um uh, gender reveals which are a very strange phenomenon to me this thing of like oh let's have a celebration to find out if uh whatever is in your in your belly now is going to come out mm-hmm. uh, with male or female sex you know and i was like okay this is really absurd and why do we anyway want to know because eventually every person that is born is an individual that doesn't necessarily conform to what you think that person should become mm-hmm. but they just develop however they need to develop you know so whether you put a stamp on it before That's or not it, what 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 is the real difference so where why is there such an interest for knowing it what does it really do to a, a becoming parent to know and i was just curious about that and um in order to kind of give it a bit of context in the episode i kind of went through all the independent variables of what gender is constituted of um mm-hmm. and kind of show that they are completely uh, not correlated they're all independent dimensions of of gender so if that is the mm. case how do we actually then just narrow it down to boy girl man woman female male when there are too many independent dimensions to begin with so that is what the episode is about and then in the end of the episode i kind of give a few hypotheses or i discuss a few hypotheses as to why i think people uh, might still want to know um yeah, so if you're interested, yeah. go listen. Curious, curious yeah, what you definitely. have to have to say. <laughs> yeah, because I think it just uh, kind of you know gives a teaser for anything that we talk about in a binary black and white situations, mm. right? They're just either or, and um, I even read the other time that 
having a name for a baby, if you're talking about the gender reveals, etc., the topic, that having a name for a baby already before he or she is born, without even seeing that human being, it's already kind of putting that person in this kind of a box, you know, and then hearing some parents saying, no, I first want to get to know my baby for a couple of days and then see what happens. Like, what does it make me feel if I call him X or, or Z in mm-hmm. terms of names? So, yeah, I think it was a beautiful, just a different way to just welcome a human being into the world and letting him be the way he is. And then we're just there to guide him instead of, you know, put things uh, as imposing or as... Uh, figuring it out for himself because that's supposed to be in that country if you're a boy you mm-hmm. do xyz i think it yeah. ties back into nicely also with the question of personal leadership if you know about your own history in my case for example with being born uh, uh, male and being brought up as a boy and the pain that it caused in me to a certain extent you mm-hmm. know if i'm aware of that then i can have much more awareness of why do i want to perpetuate that what if i mm-hmm. were to stop perpetuating uh, uh, maleness for future generations what yeah. would it do to me would it trigger insecurities in me would it bring back up all kinds of old pains about what it did to me uh, uh, and what the expectations mm. towards me did to me you know so th- in that sense I think personal leadership yeah. again here also plays a role even when becoming a parent actually in every situation in life so yeah, yeah just absolutely. I don't know had this uh, quick epiphany here <laughs> true true it, it's everywhere right it's all about i think that indeed authenticity awareness and uh, and taking ownership of uh, who you want to be as a person and yeah i think it's like i think you can just go forever and have millions of examples right where it's indeed so helpful and so empowering as a tool to to keep on nourishing it within you and um so okay Danilo, then i think it got me really intrigued about your journey indeed about your masculinity or your approach to being a male and um, how was your journey to yeah to and what's your outcome in certain of ways so what is your definition or how do you want to tap as a person to the masculine and feminine energy because i believe we should have access to both of them regardless of our gender mm-hmm. and sex interesting that uh, it's becoming an interview about gender interestingly enough um yeah yeah i'm not sure <laughs> somehow it went there um, <laughs> Look, it's a tricky one because uh, also being a gay man, there is a lot of, um, Mm. I would say, inner struggle with manliness to begin with, within me. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's a general experience. Um, But it is definitely something that um, it it, it does play a role in all types of situations. Um, um, Mm. uh, For example, if I think of um situations in which i have to be um firm and take on a more classical leadership mm-hmm. role um i think or i assume that compared to a, a, a straight counterpart male counterpart i probably am much more mm-hmm. struggling with am i taken seriously am i manly enough mm-hmm. um do i have enough alpha in me to um mm. to be leading and steering the situation appropriately um and in that sense i think that that um my own gender experience and gender identity based on probably my sexual mm-hmm. orientation definitely uh play a big role in, in in a lot of or did in the past at least uh play a big role in in what i did and also which life i chose for myself i guess um 
And I feel that this is changing more and more. Like I do have a different level of confidence, but I think it did take me way longer than I assume at least. That's my projection. It would have mm -hmm. taken a, um, a straight guy in, in my same situation, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah. as for accessing um, male and female energies, I don't know. I, I find it a difficult construct in the coaching education that I, I followed. That was a very it was mm -hmm. a very big part of, of, of that. It was a, this very archaic. Um, there is mm. a female and a male root and everything. And I kind of I don't know, like I have a I question that because I do mm. because I Why do think that? that there is experiences that are also just universal. I do not I do not want to perpetuate mm. the, the thought that, for example, connecting to um, aggression and um, uh, feistiness and uh, being um, decisive is necessarily the same as connecting to a male energy. For me, that is just connecting mm. to aggression and connecting to feistiness and being uh, assertive, you know, um, same as mm -hmm. uh, uh, connecting to the sense of wanting to care for somebody or uh, be nurturing. For me, I don't want to see it as connecting to my female energy. It's just connecting to that specific type of energy. So I I wonder, I mean, I know that it's a very common perceived notion, but I kind of question whether that is really the case. Mm -hmm. There is for sure a hormonal aspect oh, to the whole yeah. thing, but I don't know, like I'm a bit a bit careful with um, perpetuating that thought. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the, the different perspective. Uh, it will definitely give me some food for thought afterwards because uh, that's indeed how I was approaching certain things not that i'm oh my god i'm gonna be angry now so i will connect to my masculine but kind of feeling that there are two different okay thinking of indeed binary things like two different opposing forces and then we tend to connect more to one or to two maybe just sometimes for me was an easier way to visualize or to you know bring a metaphor uh, to see like why do i always have to be angry or aggressive maybe now it's time to also be a bit more nurturing mm -hmm. or soft or and um, it's it's all on a spectrum yeah, same with quiet. personality types mm -hmm. like nobody is either a narcissist or not a narcissist you know like yeah. everything from narcissism to uh, any other personality uh, type to uh, i don't know depression anxiety it's it all lives on on different spectrums and we all are located mm -hmm. on all of those spectrums on some point exactly. you know so in that sense yeah. we all our existence is a profile of everything of all spectrums that are there so in that sense i wonder how much sense it makes to be binary about anything actually you know so yeah mm. yeah absolutely true well i can definitely hear i'm talking to a very <laughs> you know educated uh, full experience with coaching and psychology person so i'm definitely learning way more than, than i ever thought I would uh, from the just a you know beautiful interview with someone and uh, then you know we are slowly coming towards the end but I have a few, few topics I would like to tap on a little bit here and there because mm, my interviews have been always kind of a metaphor of a journey because I believe you know everyone has its own journey and it's a uh, yeah, based on background, based on context and everything and depending on how we want to shape it and, and where we want to go and or how we arrive there. And, and I believe, you know, every journey is unique, special and yet so 
important and also I think very inspiring for everyone else uh, even though it just you know it can be just your your so-called neighbor without you know being um, diminishing a, a, a neighbor etc I'm just trying to you know compare that we don't have to only learn from you know big names and big gurus uh, out in the world on the internet um, and I'd like to tap a little bit onto the the lows of the journey right we a little bit talked about insecurities or um or, or some struggles or triggers here and there what helped you or who back on track whenever you've been doubting or whenever you've been a little bit struggling with am i doing the right thing is it still me and where i'm in that situation mm-hmm. right now um sorry for a long question no no, so no. I'm giving it Fair the time enough. to um <laughs> I don't know, maybe it, it, it could turn out to be a bit of an esoteric answer, but I do really uh, trust my body a lot. Having been an athlete and then a dancer, mm. I think that I really cultivated a very uh, tight relationship with my body. Um, and I do mm. really think that whenever I am struggling or off track, for whatever that can mean, there is some sort of sign in my body that will make me understand mm. that that is the case. Um so I think different, so the body is one. So I think really exercising, even just walking, doing yoga, meditating, mm-hmm. uh, doing very heavy physical activity is one. Then in a period when I would say I was the most lost and starting to understand that um, the path that I had chosen for myself or let's say the, um, the solutions that I had created for myself in order to deal with life were not working anymore. Um, it really, really helped mm. me tremendously to see a therapist. Um, it was it was great. It was a really good experience and was very confronting at the same time. Because even in therapy, mm. I would be confronted with, I don't know, simple things as like, oh, is it actually important enough what I have to say? You know, like, do, mm. is, is what I want to share in this session actually legit and re- relevant for an entire session? Or should I just be dealing with it by myself? You know, mm. like, so even in therapy, all those uh, thought patterns uh, came up. But therapy definitely helped me. And I would say also my coaching study helped me, like the entire self-investigation and exploration um, which then I just continue nowadays outside of uh, the, the the education that I followed. So I think those are probably the main ones. My body, when it was really like really hit rock bottom, then uh, therapy, and for the rest, really staying in touch, uh, continue exploring, and kind of be aware in all types of encounters that I have, whether that be in my relationship with friends. So those are mm-hmm. the things I think that really s- help me stay on track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you for sharing. I'm just now thinking out loud that what what if the body or we can't hear the signals from the body or read the signals or if it's just mind telling us you know like you're mm. not good enough or don't go there it's too dangerous uh, don't change the status quo etc like how do you then establish that you know that the relationship with your mind you know and your your thoughts we you know in the nonviolent communication it's called jackal thoughts you know those judgments or inner critic and then the body so how is that multi-personal conversation happening in you and then how do you distinguish mm. oh that's a complicated one i would say mm. 
I would yeah. say to begin with, it's really allowing yourself to have a very scientific, uh, non-judgmental, moment-to-moment awareness, which is, let's say, very present mm-hmm. in mindfulness uh, meditation. Um, but without even meditating, I think just allowing yourself to even see how you are when you get very stressed and judgmental about yourself is already a big first step. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it's very easy to just get into the the struggle of, of self-doubt and then not know how to get out of it anymore. You know, Sometimes it's mm-hmm. good to just observe. I would say that is one. Um and not always needing to find solutions. I think that this is a very common misconception, uh, even f- of people that go to therapy, for example, of like, okay, I'm depressed, need to be not depressed. <laughs> or I'm anxious, True. make me not be anxious anymore, you know? And I kind of believe yeah. in, okay, I need a, a solution now, you know? And it's like, <laughs> no, actually, it's also fine to just integrate, you know? Like maybe anxiety and depression are also just a part of you, same as self-doubt might be a mm-hmm. part of you. Um, so... How do I, first of all, observe it, understand it's there, which shape it has exactly within my own personality and being? And then Mm -hmm. how do I integrate it in my experience? So um, I think that is uh, probably the the biggest tip that I would always have, like dare to observe. It's going to be painful enough. You don't have to solve yet, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I think a beautiful punchline, you know, like dare to observe, you know, as a, as a closing and a description in the episode. Yeah, I think it captures everything in a metaphorical, spiritual and physical level. I think everything can be there. Hmm, super. So then, you know, I think we're coming towards the end. I'm just very curious what your next steps are, what your next plans are with your podcast or your other, you know, projects or, or undertakings. Is there anything you want to share with us? Mm. I don't think I have any uh, next big steps. I'm buying an apartment soon. That is a very big step in my life. <laughs> oh, that is <laughs> completely <absolutely>. unrelated. <laughs> um, and for the rest, no, I think I just want to keep on having fun and exploring uh, through my podcast. It really is a beautiful opportunity for me to stay in touch with uh, psychology, mm-hmm. uh, even though in my daily life I do something not so related, like kind of related, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think I just am excited about more collaborations like the one that we're doing now. Uh, and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know, like kind of exploring, continue to explore the world and observe the world through a specific lens in that mm-hmm. case, the lens of psychology. So yeah, for example, uh, yeah. later today, I will be recording an episode about uh, NFTs. I don't know if everybody has heard about it, the non-fungible tokens, this whole, uh, massive trend that blew up where an artwork was suddenly sold for 69 million dollars and it's an nft actually anyway like so you know stuff like this really gets me intrigued to understand what's happening in the world but then not just report on it as the news would but really try and understand why is it happening the way it's happening and why do people do what they Mm -hmm. do you know it's i think this will be the fascination Mm -hmm. of my life until i die probably so yeah i think i will just continue doing what i do that's that's plan number one and try and be well uh, along the way as much as that is possible Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. Super. And then maybe Daniela, since uh, you have such a rich background in many disciplines and psychology is a big one, I, I presume. Is there, are there any book recommendations that you would like to share with us? Any that it struck you or, you know, kept you awake or inspired lately that you have read? Mm. Not really. I mean, I read a lot of scientific literature for my episodes. So I go mm. really back into uh, articles and magazines mm. in scientific magazines or yeah. journals. 
Um, so I don't think that that's super interesting. Um, otherwise, I think when I really want to switch off, I don't read so much inspirational literature. I really read uh, prosa okay. more than I uh, anything else. Okay. Yeah, I have this okay, thing yeah. where I feel like, okay, if it's in my free time, I feel odd going to bed reading a, a leadership or business-related book because I feel like it's going to get me excited mm. and then I can't sleep, you know? Um, so, no, I don't really have big book recommendations at the moment. Depending on what, like, if mm-hmm. there is something specific, I could tell you a book that helped me with that. But then, how about the one prosa? One thing that, because uh, I'm, I'm very curious. At the, at the moment, I'm uh, reading a book by uh, an author called Amaniti, an Italian author, and it is about the story mm-hmm. of a little boy somewhere in central Italy. Maybe it connects to me. I don't even know. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, basically his life experience. It's very, it's very simple. Okay. Like I read very, I think I read very simple books to switch off my brain. So uh, not, not much to get from okay. me there, I think. Or in fact, it's really business and really scientific literature. So it's a bit like those two. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe every book can give us in some way something. It doesn't have to be super tangible. It can nourish our soul or our just peace of mind. So I think they're also yeah. needed. Uh, those you know so-called lighter books, so to speak. Super, I think that's we're coming towards the end. Uh, Daniel, thank you so, so much for opening your heart, sharing your experiences, sharing your yeah very rich knowledge and experience. And I'm so excited to listen to your podcast, to your next episodes as well, where I'm going to tap into. And um, I was really inspired by your curiosity and your constant, you know, questioning why, why, why to really be able to understand. So it really gave me quite some energy to, uh, to take it from nice. the conversation. So thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> it was very nice. Thank you. Till next time. time.